Quan Ji Chan. He is a man with many fingers in many pies. He is a Hong Kong born Donegal man arriving in Ireland at the young age of eight. And his first experience was cooking in his uncle's Chinese takeaway. From head chef at Michelin star restaurant House, Quanji now has three bricks and mortar premises called Bites by Quanji, two food trucks of the same name, a spice and other Asian ingredients wholesale business called Chan Chan, but we've also learned that's under a rebrand. He's done recipes and TV appearances. Quanji's a very busy man. Mm-hmm. Not just that, Quanji was the first person to write the spice blend recipe for the infamous spice bag which has since been copied by McDonald's, an odd accolade. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And Kwanji is a passionate voice for Irish food. And he represents Irish food in Asia on behalf of Board Bia with many visits to Hong Kong, promoting quality Irish artisans to that massive market. Most recently, Kwanji penned his first cookbook, Wok, book number four in a new exciting Blaster book series that sees four Irish chefs release bite-sized books throughout the year. We actually have a super interesting conversation with Kristen Jensen, the publisher of the Blasterbook series, coming soon. So today we took the opportunity to grab Quanji for a quick chat about his life growing up in Donegal, his fusion of influences from China and Ireland, along with his fusion of experience from fine dining to street food. Quanji is a fascinating man, but most of all, he's a pleasure to chat to. And it's amazing he carved out some time to talk to us with all the things he's up to. Thank you, Quanji. Here's our chat. Come here. Let's get a little bit of an overview as to as 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 to you, Quan Ji. Like, bring us way back, like, because you're from Hong Kong, but you grew up in Donegal. Oh, What's the story way there? Back, yeah, <laughs> way back. I know, so, <laughs> I know you're on here. Yeah, so I ended up here uh, by mistake. So my mother and father oh, had really? um, had a very bad divorce, you know, and then um, okay. So I was in Hong Kong, and I got sent. Um, see, I got sent to my both went separate ways and my father was supposed to take care of me my mother was very young at the time i mm. think she was only like 18 19 or something like that and this okay in well, the yeah. early what, 60s is it could be maybe 70s or something like that so um she was trying to get remarried and you know in another family and then uh, my father was supposed to take care of me but he can he ended up didn't take care of me he ended up sending me to my uncles in donegal so had a, his brother, so uh, he had a restaurant in Donegal and he said he'll take care of me. But um, yeah, so uh, so that's how I ended up in Donegal. And, what, age, um, what age were you, Gwanji, at the time? What? What age were you? Um, I'd say around eight. Yeah. About eight, okay. It was, um, it was primary school, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. That must have been a huge culture shock for a young fella to arrive I into know. a completely different country. I know, sure. I didn't. Totally culture. No, I didn't. Di- like, English. So different. What what was it like? It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh at it now, know, which yeah, is yeah. awful. Um, basically, landed in a small town and um, a place called Bonkrana. And um, yeah, yeah. So we had a restaurant there. We were only Chinese re- Chinese people there. So uh, we were only Chinese people there, and um, I was only Chinese in school. <laughs> so <laughs> um, oh I was back in the yeah. early eighties. Is this late? Yeah. Mid 80s, 80s. And, and of course like Ireland is so more multicultural now but I can imagine yeah. in the 80s yeah so um, it must have been a different yeah time. I still remember my first day in school it wasn't very good you know so I got bullied quite a lot um mm-hmm. all names and stuff like that so um yeah so um that quite toughened me up you know so <laughs> and you didn't speak English obviously I didn't speak English at sex so I had to learn everything from fresh then yeah so um it was quite tough so um Jesus like life. I I have an eight-year-old daughter, Kwanji. So I, I really, 
I can ima- I can imagine you exactly at that moment, you know. Yeah. And like she's just, yeah, like all the self awareness has just arrived now. Like two years ago, yeah. she was just kind of bouncing around the world like a little kind of hobbit. Now there's like yeah, she's self conscious, she's aware, you know. So it's really rough yeah. age to be landed in so much like fish out of water, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's um Yeah, but it would toughen you up. Yeah. So, uh... But that was good, and um, you know, I wasn't long until I started taking karate classes. So, um, <laughs> okay, um, you know, so I've done that for a while. So, self defense was a it was a good thing, you know. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah and yeah. then um, no, so I was cooking in my uncle's restaurant since um, for a young age. So, um, I helped out. So mainly washing dishes and washing rice, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, putting on the rice, you know, and uh, just peeling peeling prawns or you know. Uh, cutting chicken and cutting veg so that was my kind of childhood you know and um yeah. i basically ran i basically ran the restaurant when i was eight, uh, 13 like you know so mm. uh, wow yeah. Yeah. so that's where the and food in hong kong had the food been part of your life or that was that something that you kind um, of food, embraced more when you got to i Ireland? wasn't really no because um food is always food is very central to, to all chinese people anyway you know what i mean so mm. we all eat in a communal way you know so um we all eat with bowl and all the all the stuff that's in the middle and we pick from it you know from chopsticks yeah so it's all very yeah. it's all a family family gathering kind of meals you know so food was always a central part of um that culture um here's a different you know what i mean but um no um, i learned more about food here it's more kind of like an irish kind of um takeaway so your yeah. sweet and sour chicken and your you know your chow mains and that you know what i mean mm. yeah but in the back of that uh our staff meals and it's all fairly traditional, like, you know what I mean? Stuff that we eat yeah. back at home, like, as in the family yeah. dinner. But, um, can you can you remember your first food memory? My first food memory? Oh, uh, or one of your earlier ones? Um, let me see. Um, yeah, I suppose coming here and eating, um, I think my first thing that I loved, that was a lasagna that I ate. And... Um, it was such an amazing thing to lasagna, you know, essentially Irish dish. Lasagna and chips and coleslaw, I think it was, and I was like, "Oh, go on, this yeah. is delicious," <laughs> you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I remember there was a little cafe around the corner from the restaurant. I used to pop in with a five pound note, you know, and yeah. used to be able okay. to get a, a lasagna, chips, and the and the coke with a five pound note. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I used to do it myself, yeah. But uh, yeah, that was, that was my idea back then. But that was just fun, you know what I mean? So, and um, yeah. no, that was lovely. I always remember that. It was just, a, I can still remember it and still taste it. The white sauce that made it, you know? It was just oozing yeah. out with white sauce, like in the pasta was cooked at the right um, the right texture, you know? It was real soft. You can just break yeah. it down with your spoon and all. It was really saucy, you know? And you yeah, 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 yeah. tip your chips in it and soak it all up. It was, it was delicious, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And do you know what that is or what it reminds me of is like that kind of allure of international kind of like cuisine or so, something that you don't kind of normally get at home. It's like a real treat. Yeah, like, yeah. It? I was do you lucky, think, you know? <laughs> yeah. Delicious. And I suppose it's kind of interesting that like your food is so international but yet irish at the same uh, at the same yeah. time like what's your kind of thoughts on that whole kind of mix today of where you are yeah so look my after um after the chinese like um i wasn't ever really good at school you know so basically okay. um i went into so i went when i was 13 i was leaving cert wasn't that great but i was really good at art mm. i was really good at art you know so um i had a creative side about 
done the more academic side. Okay. So um, I didn't go into art. One of my friends was like, oh, I'm going to be trained as a chef. I think it was a FOSS course he was doing. And I was like, oh, can you train as a chef? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's, um, that's a, yeah, so that's that's a, that's when I kind of looked into it and I found CERT. And um, CERT was the old kind of Walter Ireland kind of thing, you know, back yeah, or, you yeah. know, so uh, it was more kind of educational. So uh, I went, to, I got into Kelly Beggs and I done three years um, classical French uh, gastronomy there. And that, Did you? Well, yeah. yeah. So that's how I started there and uh, started working on my placements. Back then, you go six months at a time in placements. So basically, it's two, okay. six months, like in. I think it's three months as well. So we go out every year. And um, I started off going to the Winecourt Lodge. I think it was my first placement that I went to. And then um, and then I done all the restaurants in Dublin then, you know, like Le Caban mm-hmm. and, you know, um, Papa Peacock Alley and all the bits and pieces, like, you know, I used to work at mm-hmm. for a while there as well. So, yeah, so most of the kind of like um, old school uh, Michigan restaurants, back then in the early 90s is it yeah pretty classy though so when and how did you end up at house then um yeah so i ended up in the, the cliff house hotel in armor uh martin gajuter the executive chef i was chatting him one day and uh, he got in contact with me he says i'm looking for a head chef and uh, i says yeah look i'll come down and give it a go you know so um hmm. so i went there so I've, i was at um i was doing i was in the ice house at the time as head chef and I was done about six months kind of there and before that I was kind of just working around and um so I ended up staying about three and a half years four years there as a head chef so um one mission star and we got the four rosettes as well in the middle of that so yeah mm-hmm. it was uh quite uh amazing at the time yeah tough work but uh Cheapers. This is like a real kind of trip down memory lane. Now, did you expect this when you signed on to the podcast? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> this is your life. That's with the book coming out now called Walk, you know. So I kind of really kind of digs back into the, the roots of things, you know what I mean? Because um, yeah. I've gone from one, one end to another and then back again, you know. Mm. Because yeah. like I kind of reconnected with my mother and... Um, and um, I started doing a lot of work with the board beer and the constant in Hong Kong, you know, promoting Irish uh, food over there and Irish beef. And uh, I says, right, this is time to kind of reconnect with um, my past. I wanted to kind of dig in more in the, into the Asian culture and Irish culture, you know. That's because um, I had this thing like that uh, people thought Chinese food was always cheap, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that really, really annoyed me, you know. <laughs> so... Mm. And uh, I wanted to, you know, just kind of push out on that side. So when I started, when I finished um, Cliff House Hotel and came up to Dublin, we started a place called Soda & Co, which is um, which is on Georgia Street and was an Asian kind of fusion kind of, you know, gig that we're doing. Big, massive place. Did you remember, Jack? No? Did you ever hear about I, that? I don't, I actually don't remember it, but I also wasn't in ireland around that i'm looking at your timelines here i wasn't around at that time maybe yeah it was uh 2015 yeah, yeah. so we had a place uh used to be the dragon and now it's on georgia street it was a big massive place there was a whole about 800 people and um mm. the satanta guys owned it at the time and uh, they're saying that's when it came out of cliff houses would you come up and uh create like a, um, an asian fusion kind of place so it was like a scandy fusion drink and asian tapas kind of place it was mm-hmm. not at the time in um ireland really like uh, the scale that we're doing like 
I was mm. kind of looking at the Hackersands and in London, you know, and um, some of the more kind of bigger kind of places with DJs and Asian food, like at the time. Mm. And it was very mod, very very new, like, and um, that's what we wanted to create here. And we did for a while, like, and it just didn't work out. The drink was more, <laughs> the drink overflowed the food, you know what I mean? Like so, in the place like mm. that, so the food wasn't really the main kind of place. Um, it, can happen. it just sounds like a tiny little bit before it's time maybe as well you know absolutely yeah we we did a lot of a couple of people did approach me and a couple of years ago and saying look would you be interested in doing it again you know but mm. um it says i think so and co was way before his time i say if you put bring that up to now like you know it'll be right on spot like you know what i mean but um mm. i says no i'm kind of <laughs> hands are full at the moment <laughs> you know so <laughs> i'm quite enjoying what i'm doing now as well yeah And do you know, like in terms of kind of like bringing those two influences together, um, like the Chinese and the Irish, and I suppose like being, what are you, an ambassador for Irish food in China and then bringing those flavors back, what do you think is actually the best part about marrying those two things together? Oh, yeah, when when I was um, when I was asked to do a thing with Borbia in Hong Kong, like um, it was it was such a thing there but when I actually when I went and done the beefing in Hong Kong like and um and actually mm. done done it with the consulate as well like and um standing in the Irish consulate in Hong Kong that was me kind of first time back after mm. me re- reconnecting with my mother as well um it was a real kind of mm. space for me to say look I was never really accepted in in Ireland here like for being Chinese like mm. but for being for actually being in Hong Kong, representing Ireland in Hong Kong, it was just such a big thing for me, like, you know, mm. personally. And uh, I had to really kind of stick a step back and, uh, you know, just to kind of suck it all in, like, because uh, it just, yeah. looking back now, it seems the, the dots all kind of connect. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, um, And yeah. um, that, that was really a big moment for me. And then, as, and like, for the Irish and... Uh, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is very like a melting pot of European kind of cuisine anyway, because like it was colonized by the the British mm-hmm. for years, like, and sure. um, it it was you know it's just a natural thing to kind of you know incorporate the two kind of cu- cuisines kind of together, you know, because um, they have little cha cha tens mm. in uh, Hong Kong, which is kind of like a British kind of style colonial cafes, you know, what I mean that they serve like um tea okay. and coffee and you know pasta with the uh, spam and you know yeah. all that kind of bits you know what i mean lasagna and chips though yeah <laughs> well, what a great idea <laughs> you know? but, yeah, yeah so that's that was it like but um no i think um the both work well we have great beef over there you know um, in ireland and you know yeah. it was just such an easy kind of sell over there you know um it was great yeah um like um, burn smokehouse salmons there as well, like in Hong Kong, mm. you know, in retail. So I was kind of pushing that out, um, promoting that for a while as well. It's such a great product, like, you know what I mean? Mm. And to see it on the shelves over there is just such amazing, like, you know what I mean? Nobody really kind of knows, like, how good our produce yeah. really is, like, until they kind of go abroad and yeah. what kind of shelves they sit on, like, you know, at the very high kind of standard shelves, like, that they sit on, you know what I mean? So, 
yeah, yeah. And what's it like actually creating Chinese dishes with Irish it's, produce? Then it's very easy because uh, we we have some of the best produce here. Like you know what I mean. So, and um, my cooking, I don't use cream and don't use butter, but uh, I use a lot of uh, soy. So mm. it's very light, uh, mm. very light kind of cooking, um, kind of full of flavor. You know what I mean. So um, we use kind of like a misos and we kind of ferment a lot of things and mm. um, yeah. So. Yeah, use use a lot of koji and that, you know what I mean, just to kind of bring the flavors up naturally. So yeah, so it was mm. um, it's quite natural for me. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's kind yeah. of you know easy for other people, you know. So quite. Yeah, no, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're going to. Yeah, a good, I'm, good I'm quite place. really enjoying what I'm doing. Like, and um, and this is why I think the book walk coming out. It's not. It's nothing that. Uh, it's not achievable at home, you know. We wanted to do that because um, mm. for being on TV, um, the Six Clock Show for the last six six years now, um, I know what kind of recipes kind of work for people at home, like, you know what I mean? And some of them recipes mm. from the walkbook that was coming out in November, we um, we put in that some of the recipes that we're doing on TV and done very well, we kind of put it in the book as well, you know. So, Brilliant. yeah, very achievable. Yeah. So, so let's just give it. Let's talk a little bit about Walk, because that's actually kind of why we were on to you today. But so Walk is coming out as part of the Blasta Books series. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Which, if anyone doesn't know about it, it's four different uh, books written by minimum four. Maybe maybe there's some partnership ones, but your book is written by by you alone. Yeah. It's called Walk. Yeah. And it's a small little sixty sixty something page recipe. Kind of bite-sized cookbook. Bite-sized yeah. cookbook. And it's, um, the, it, there's no photos in it. It's all illustrated. Um, mm-hmm. It's very creative collaboration, mm-hmm. you know. So um, Kristen uh, Jensen rang me, um, the publisher um, of Blasta, and she was she was ringing me. She goes, uh, would you be interested in doing the book? This is right bang in the middle of COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. I think she rang me when I was doing it. And I was actually, she goes, Oh, how you doing? And, uh, I go, I'm grand. I'm just, uh, I'm out in the middle of a uh, meave here trying to do a delivery on the meal kit, you know? <laughs> she goes, Would you be interested in doing a book? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, sure. What kind of book? And it's just, um, Look, a little illustrated ones, and um, we're going to put it on the Kickstarter. And, um, you know, there's four, like a part series of four. Jess doing it, Jess Kai uh, with Owen Sheehan from Breath 41. And uh, Lily, Pran, Pran, um, with the tacos, and then the gastro guys with fat, you know, mm-hmm. hot fat, I think it's called it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. This is, I know them all, like, this is brilliant. And um, so we ended up getting down to it. And I was like, whenever I got started writing it and start thinking about um, just what to put in the book, you know what I mean? At the start, like, I had these really kind of mm-hmm. complicated recipes because, you know, being a chef, like, you want to show off your good dishes, like, you know what I mean? Especially. You know, of and course, um, yeah. it was like, I don't think it's, um, <laughs> she came back and I was like, no, we, um, I think it's a bit too hard for people to do at home, you know, so, and then they kind of toned it down a small bit, but, um, so I just, so I start thinking and thinking about it. I still want some really classical, traditional, you know, simple stuff in there. Like, um, there's a dish in there, um, steamed scallops with, uh, flake garlic and um you know um spring onion and ginger kind of all you know and steamed in the shell and that's a classical like mm. hong kong dish like you know so so i put that in there mm. and uh steamed hake you know i mean lovely hake in ireland like you know fantastic um mm. they do it with a different fish in hong kong but the ginger and spring onion with the hot fats kind of drool over it you know brilliant delicious you know 
So I want that in it, but I also want the sweet and sours in there as well. So people can try them at home, you know, the mm. ones that I kind of used to cooking when I was in, in the takeaway up in Bunkrana, you know, like I can make a really savage, uh, <laughs> sweet and sour, you know, <laughs> but using oranges mm. and, um, you know, and, um, <laughs> lemon juice and honey instead of the artificial kind of stuff, you know, so really good ingredients kind of going yes. in, you know, and, um, so your black beans and all that in there. Some really good recipes. And uh, also some recipes from my travels because I travel a lot to Hong Kong and Japan when I was doing a lot of work with the Irish mm-hmm. kind of constant. And, um, you know, I kind of incorporate some of the street food kind of recipes in there that's kind of achievable at, at home and also in Japan as well, you know, so from Japan and a uh, couple of dishes from there as well. So, yeah. It sounds super, Guanji. I have a question for you that I'm sure anybody listening would certainly want to ask you because I've, I've always kind of wanted to ask a, a, a Chinese cook, a Chinese person in Ireland, sourcing the, the, the Chinese ingredients. It's pretty tricky because we don't have a clue. We don't know what's good, what's not. Have you any recommendations of places you can go? Maybe, maybe is there even like, would you, would there be a website you, you'd use yeah, or other particular shops? Yeah, I, you know, I, yeah. we're quite lucky here in Dublin. Like, you know, where are you based mm. in Cork, is it? Or is it? Well, I'm in Cork. Oh, Italy, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say there's many Asian kind of places in, in Italy, is there, Jack? Or... I'm surprised you actually, I'm going to say that there's quite a big Chinese community oh, really? in Alba, where yeah. I am. Yeah. And nothing and nothing else. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a small little bit of kind of like an East East African community as well. Okay. Right. But actually there's about six Chinese shops. Wow. Wow. So, and Alba's uh, only 30,000 people. Like yeah. there's only six supermarkets. Wow, great. <laughs> yeah. we're taking over everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I we're quite spoiled here in Dublin. Like um, Asian market is uh, the one I go to. Um, like in the book, like I made it as simple as possible that you don't get ingredients that you can't get normally. Yes. So I know yes. mainly yeah. use the five holy grails, basically soya sauce, um, Shaoxing cooking wine, sesame oil. Um, you have your Chinese black vinegar. And also, um, and also oyster sauce, but you can mm. get a vegetarian version mm. of an oyster sauce, which is a mushroom stir fry mm. sauce, you know. And uh, with them five ingredients, you can nearly make half or even sixty percent of the cookbook that I'm doing. Because mm. what I what I kind of found out in TV when I was doing the recipes is that people need to get the stuff, be able to get the stuff in the supermarkets, like you know, simple stuff that you can get. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that kind of created the yeah. flavors around them five ingredients. Mm. And then the rest of it is all like, um, once you have them five, you can do a lot of stuff. But like with fresh garlic and fresh ginger, and, you know, sometimes you might need to go out and buy some potato starch and that, you know, but you, you can find them all around, you know, um, mm. in the Asian market. Mm. Yeah, no, it does sound really simple and straightforward. And like when you, certainly when you are on TV, you absolutely make Thanks it look so much. very, Thank very you. easy. So well done. Mm. Well, what's it actually like oh, to be a TV it's quite, chef? It's quite nerve-wracking at the start, mm. yeah. yeah. I thought it was so. live, you see. Yeah. Uh, the was live, so uh, yeah. there's no going back, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's... Uh, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah. we take that again? So, I burnt yeah. it. <laughs> um, but at the start now, I was very nervous because uh, basically I was... Um, when I started, it was uh, basically when I was in Soda & Co. And... It was very hectic. Basically, I was coming out of service and going straight in the studio. So you're still in that kind of, you know, okay. kind of busy mode, you know what I mean? Go, On go, a TV, go, go. you need to be chilled out, you know? So <laughs> it's a totally different environment, you know? So um, I definitely um, a learning curve for the first couple of years. But now I'm kind of more relaxed and more, um, 
what can end it and kind of know the timings as well so you can't go over the time either basically you have yeah. like seven minutes like to cook a yeah. dish mm. so in my body clock now i'm yeah, always no, like you know okay this is like four minutes five minutes and then you know i need to get this dish up now you know so that's it well, can we set you a TV challenge and ask you to give us a recipe from your wok book in 30 seconds? Like, I can set the timer here oh, now. Are you ready? Said, like, you know, there's a really kind of um, a nice sweet and sour dish in there, you know? So that's really good. Go on. And, um, give, give us the highlights of that. Yeah, one. so. What do I need? How do I do it? What do you do? So basically, you need a, a fresh oranges, a fresh kind of lemon juice, honey, and um, a soy sauce, small bit of oyster sauce. And um, basically fry the chicken really, really crispy with the uh, potato starch. And I use, um, you know, the secret of my kind of batter is uh, I don't use the yolk in the egg because uh, by using the white only, you mm. don't get that kind of omelette kind of heavy kind of mm. feel around the batter. So you only get the light batter, you know what I mean? So um, okay. you can, I kind of do my dustings and potato starch instead of cornstarch, which mm. comes out a lot crispier. You know, so and mm. it also uh, absorbs uh, the sauce a lot more. So when you're taking a bite, it kind of, you know, it kind of has a lot more mm. sauce kind of coating the chicken. You know what I mean? So Brilliant. yeah, gotcha. It's a uh, it's quite nice. So I can't wait for you to try it. You know, so uh, that's that's <laughs> that's the trick. So <laughs> yeah, and Jack, you need to you need to cook a sweet and sour sauce on the you know and the sweet and sour chicken on the Italian land. You know what I mean? You have to Could you teach us some Chinese, Kwanji? Um How do you say, can I order a spice bag? Homayoda yoko spice bag. Don't laugh at me, Chinese. Don't laugh at me, Chinese. <laughs> no, but the irony of this is that there's no Chinese person on earth, maybe except for Kwanji, who's going to be actually ordering a spice bag because it's just some <laughs> bastardized Irish thing. So we should really be trying to teach him how to say it in Irish. No. <laughs> ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっ
and we normally have it in the one and just go like that. I said there must be something in the supermarkets because I always create recipes around supermarkets that people can go and get it and they can cook mm-hmm. it. You know? And there wasn't any, so I says, right, okay, this might be a thing here. Here's an opening. So um, that's where I got the idea. So I came up with the spice bag seasoning, and um, we sold. I think it went viral on the, all the radios in Dublin and the papers as well. The first time we brought it out, we started off in the Asian market in Jury Street in Dublin, and um, done our labels ourselves from the printer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and uh, got these plastic tubs from the from this this um comp, the company, and uh, so we, I think it was uh, we brought on about twenty, and your man right straight back and goes, Ponji, you need to get more of this, flying <laughs> off the shelves. So we came in and started making a box. We sold about maybe 80,000 in the first six months. Jeez. Oh, my God. So what's in the spice bag seasoning, or is that completely top secret? Um, it's not really top secret. It's uh, basically we have a couple of different levels of spice going in. Our measurements are different. The spice that I get is um, the five spice that I get is from Hong Kong, and uh, mm-hmm. it's quite traditional. And they grind the spices with a stone mill, so it's a lot mm-hmm. finer than the normal spices that you get around. So uh, really telling secrets now, aren't they? Mm. Um, but we can we a lot more kind of different spices to kind of balance it out because um, I do a lot of taste tests with the spices, like, you know what I mean? Get it right mm-hmm. and um, with the balance and that. So, but like my biggest thing was uh, McDonald's curry copied our spice bag season. <laughs> they did not. You did, yeah. yeah. So, so we were the first spice bag seasoning out. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so yeah. And a couple of months later, uh, everybody else brought their spice bag seasoning out. So, yeah. Oh, well, you, oh, well. you, you were there first. Where can I get your spice bag seasoning? Um, now? You can get it in the Asian market. We did sell it in Little, and um, we're that's kind of off the shelf. And once we were there five years, um, we have different products out now. So we have Ryu's, and we probably probably one of the biggest black garlics player in Ireland. So we ferment a lot of black garlic and black garlic ryu and sauces and that. So um, mm-hmm. we do a lot of different things. So I kind of enjoy making stuff as well on the back of that. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been particularly organized to get through what you do, Kwanji, because I think we need to do a little bit of a recap. You've got bites. Yeah. Bricks and mortar. Yeah. So we get three, three, three uh, bricks and mortar. Kinda three bricks and mortar. Yeah. We still have the food truck on the go. Still have a food truck, yeah, which is in Malahite. That's bites as well. So yeah. Okay. Then Chan Chan. Yeah, so have a retail company, which uh, we do maybe about uh, seven or eight products. Basically we sell into retail. So little Aldi, Sheridan's, which goes in all the Duns, and um we sell it in a lot of uh food service as well. So a lot of restaurants and uh bar food. We sell it through La Russe and they go into all the restaurants and bars and hotels. So yeah. And yeah. walk out now. <laughs> yeah, so walk is out now, and um, yeah, so uh, so excited about it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of tying in the whole thing. So my idea was, uh, I want retail, I want restaurants, and I want the book to tie it all in together. And then I have media as well to kind of do the full circle. You know, so. And then you're also you're also TV you're also TV chefing. You know. Yeah. So that kind of. I enjoy that. I really enjoy that kind of part, you know. So, and I do a lot of ambassadorships for um, Borbia and, um, yeah, so Borbia, a couple of products. What age are you, Kwanji? I'm 46. Yeah. You've hammered it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're making all of us feel inadequate now. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot, yeah. yeah. But you see, now, what am I not doing? What do you do when you're not, when I'm when you're not working? working? I'm always working. You know, I, I always had this uh, really uh, big work ethic. I think it's... I think it's passed down from an immigrant family. You just always have to work yeah. and help out, you know what I mean? And um and I think I think I never really wanted to think. I always want my head down and working because um when you're working in the kitchens you don't think like you know what I mean. And mm. with the with the growing up that I got, like you know what I mean, I didn't really want to think you know, where my family was because I didn't really find my family until later on in my life, like you know. So I always kinda of buried that's kinda of, painful side of my upbringing like you know away and i think cooking was my um was my you know was my thing to kind of forget about things like because when you're in cooking like you just think about food you know so and um i kind of really engrossed in that over for the last 28 years like you know so yeah so Anything else that you're going to be getting into soon, Kwanji, with all the different fingers and different pies? Have you got anything up your sleeve? Yeah, I have a few things. I always have a few things up my sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here yeah, first. I want to do a rebrand. So I'm going to do a rebrand of um, of um, the Chan Chan products with the black garlic and all that. I'm going to do a rebrand and tie that all in with the, the restaurants and that. So, um, But we're just going to do a home version. So I um, the new brand's going to be called East, uh-huh. and okay. um, I just thought Chan Chan was very hard at the time. It was great, and um, it was very hard for people to say Chan Chan. You know, and just in, you know, when you make stuff at the very start, you never thought about all this stuff like with the marketing and stuff like that. Don't tell me neighborhood food like. <laughs> it's it, until like a couple of years time, you say, right, okay, this could do a lot better just with a with a European name, just simple. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And um, so I'm going to call it East and At Home by Kwanji. That's it, like, you know, so. Okay. Nice. And then we're going to do a lot of different things. And I'm thinking down the line with um, <clears throat> with kind of ready meals and stuff like that, or some kind of meal kit at home, or, you know, some kind of something like that. Yeah. Very nice. Well, good luck with all of that, Kwanji. And um... nice to look, Kwanji. Thanks for actually talking to us. I'm amazed you carved out a little bit of time. Yeah, with Amir, all thanks very much for yourself and now. Best of luck with your uh, with your thing tomorrow. And so a huge thanks to Kwanji for coming in and having a chat with us. If you would like to eat, there's plenty of different places you can go and eat Kwanji's food, or check out Wok, which can be bought on Blasterbooks.ie. Thank you, Kwanji. Thank you to our listeners. We'll see you soon.